Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Welcome back to another episode of the 70 Forecast. Not really sure uh, what this feeling is. Uh, Panthers break a nine-game losing streak. Matt Rule gets off the snide, and the Panthers are one and two this season as they beat the New Orleans Saints 22 to 14. Victory Monday, Wes. What do you think? I mean, winning football games in the NFL is is a hard thing to do, um, especially when your team is coached by Matt Rule. So I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to come out with a win. Um, I fully expected to go zero and three, but I also kind of in the back of my mind said this is this is just the perfect game for Matt Rule to win to 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 cool off the seat just enough for shit to hit the fan really bad later. But well. We'll be positive today because we got to win. And uh, I mean, I think we're playing a team next week too that that is struggling right now. So there's a chance there's a chance for us to to get to 500, which I did not envision saying a week a week or two ago. So yeah, I don't think a, a lot of people thought that would be a possibility. Uh, you know, with the report coming out on Sunday before the game that Matt Rule is not necessarily on the hot seat, that Dave Tepper is waiting for him to lose the locker room and. By all accounts, that really might not happen. Uh, if you see the video that the Panthers put up of the post-game uh, locker room speech that Matt Rule gave, it looked like the guys really support their coach. And, you know, from all the backing in, the, in the, the last weeks from Robbie Anderson and from even uh, J.C. Horn, you know, those are seems – like, seems like he's got the locker room where he wants them. Those are his guys. They support him for better or worse. They're riding with him. How do you lose a locker room when you pad it with guys from Baylor and Temple that that yeah. you <laughs> recruited or coached or they? Uh, right. I, I don't know how you lose that locker room. I'm um, just if if uh, if you're Matt Rule, uh, so <laughs> you you make a good point. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, it was a get right spot for for Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, banged up Jameis with his uh, broken back came into Carolina and. Hey, the uh, Carolina Panthers got a first quarter lead for the first time in a while. And I think that really set the tone early. Uh, Frankie Louvu, we'll talk more about him later as the, the show goes on, but had that strip fumble on uh, Alvin Kamara and Marquise Haynes ran it back for a touchdown to give the Panthers a lead early on, really kind of set the tone and get the crowd involved, letting the Panthers play uh, with a lead early on in the game, something that we haven't had a chance to do much this season at all. And I think that really set the tone for them of being allowed or Phil Snow being able to scheme up some blitzes that we really haven't seen much this uh, so far this season. And I think that was a little bit of a difference maker early on, making Jameis uh, try to beat these guys. Yeah, and I mean, let's be clear, the 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 early lead was not because of anything the offense did. Um, yeah. I, I think Baker got Baker and the offense got their first quarter passing yardage total up to 28 yards on the year through three games. That is 28 yards through the air. If I'm if my math's correct, it may not be, but that's not good. Yeah, the offense was was horrible the first quarter. I think I looked up at halftime and Baker had like 44 passing yards, but really, I mean, third downs kind of been. Um, the Thanksgiving is the most fit so far this year. And I will talk about that in a minute, but 
yeah, the offense really didn't do us any favors. Christian McCaffrey was the only bright spot rushing for 100 yards on 25 carries. And believe it or not, he is tied for fourth in rushing yards uh, in the NFL right now. I think he's tied with Lamar Jackson. So, you know, even in a limited role right now and not getting the passing looks that, you know, one would be accustomed to see from him, still doing the most with opportunities that he's given. And I know we're trying to manage the workload, but, you know, you got you to get 22 the ball. Yeah, I mean – he touched the ball 27 times this week. That feels about right. I know we've I, I think we've kind of said that sweet spot is somewhere between 20 and 25 uh, to not overuse him and, and try and be strategic. But the some of the, the usage in the first game, the usage in the first game clearly wasn't enough. And then I think got a little better in game two. I can't remember the exact um, exact stats from game two, but um, I was out of the country. So uh, Game three, here we are. His usage is finally about where it should be. Yeah, you, you're exactly spot on. Uh, the usage is, is what we need to see out of 22. Coming into this game, I didn't expect Christian McCaffrey to have 100 yards rushing against this Saints defense. That's not something something I saw coming. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you had to kind of focus the offense on something and and – whether they the defense they were clearly focused on getting pressure to us and and they did a lot it seemed like it every time I paid it every time I saw they were getting pressure but um you're right Baker got happy feet he was he was pressured if he held on the ball more than three seconds uh, I mean he was either going to get sacked get hit had to throw it away uh, but at least he didn't turn it over that's the, that's the, been the bright spot so far and maybe that's the difference between him and Sam. But it's almost as if, you know, those important reps in the offseason um, would have made a difference. Yeah, there he doesn't have a rapport with anyone on any throws that require air yards. It, it's just the one Robbie throw on a that's busted coverage. In, but in week one, that that's aside. But, I mean, your two biggest pass plays or two best pass plays were LaVisca and they both went – two to three yards downfield um, of air, air travel. So I, you can, it's clear that the, the chemistry is not there. DJ had one reception for two yards. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you want, you want to get the ball into your hands, your playmakers and let them work. And yeah, LaVisca showing something that he didn't show in Jacksonville there with that uh, 68 yard touch, 67 yard touchdown. But I don't want to touch on this too much, but, you know, it's just kind of a uh, little bit reminiscent of Jake. I know Jake, you know, for everything that he did in his time here, you know, take those chances down downfield and, and you know, ability to, to stretch the field. But a lot of times it was put the ball in Steve's hand and let him work. So, I mean, I know he's trying to learn the offense. I know that's Matt Rule's fault for not getting him those key snaps and, and helping him build that uh, rapport with his receivers during training camp. But, uh, you know, I look at it this way. He's not costing us any games at the moment. Uh, we, we've been in every every game. I mean, we're two long field goals away from being 3-0. and I guess if you want to think of it that way, that's your your bright spot so far with how bad the offenses look. But, hey, you, you know, you, you got to get him the reps. These are why those reps matter. This is why he's got to build those chemistries with those guys. Uh, I mean, you look at LaVisca is a perfect example of what getting the ball in your playmaker's hands uh, and letting them work. Uh, I mean, he made two uh, Saints defenders miss. Uh, I think it was Marcus Williams and Tyron Matthew. You know, they took horrible angles to the ball, but still kudos to, to LaVisca for making something out of nothing. But with Baker, you're right. I mean, just under pressure, panicking, not getting his feet set, throwing the ball away. But uh, I think, you know, here in the next two or three weeks, you know, maybe this Cardinals game and it is a way for them to, to build on something because it's not going to be against San Francisco's defense. I mean, yeah, their offense is banged up, but, you know, that that defense is, is nothing to mess with as we saw last night and that, Ugly asking. Yeah, I mean, they made Russ look awful for three and three quarters of that game. Three quarters and three quarters of the fourth. And then um, that last drive, he was able to put it together. But um, to, to the Baker point, I, I saw something earlier today, and I'm, I was going to get see if you could guess. Where do you think he ranks in the NFL QBR? Oh, like uh, low 20s, 25th to 28 maybe. 32nd. Okay, never mind. Yeah. It's uh, among qualified quarterbacks, he's 32nd in QBR. 
Yeah, hey, um, it, it's like I said, this is almost like those reps mattered. Uh, and, you know, you're playing against a starting NFL caliber defense. You know, he got he got that, what, once uh, the, the Bills – no, they didn't even play their starters. So you look at the Washington Commanders a little bit, maybe half of that. So, yeah, next week's going to be big. I mean, he's just got to get those those reps. And I think it's more of a, a footwork thing and just knowing the offense and get on the same page with his guys. Because there were several times where you could tell, you know, he's expecting Robbie to either keep running down the field on a go route or, uh, you know, a comeback. And he's just off. And it's it's clearly just not on the same page with, with his guys right now. I think this is the worst defense they will have played yet. So that's something that they've got going for them. And I think that'll give us a real shot, a real – eye into to how good this offense can possibly be um because we'll talk about it here in a little bit but the defense is good enough that we can stay in some games i'm just not sure i'm not sure the offense is there right so that that's the any optimism i have about this team is the talent on the defense it's not necessarily the scheme or the coach or anything because there's there's some still still some questionable stuff there um your best pass rusher dropping into pass coverage on third down and and things of that nature but this, the Baker's got a lot left to prove to me. Um, DJ is going to have to step up. Baker, problems aside, you've got to you've got to look at the guy and say, "Give me the ball." If you if you want to be that number one guy, you've wanted you you got that number one money. Like, show me. Uh, my, I, I still. I mean, we've talked about it. He didn't really get number one money. He got like high end two money, I think, realistically. But. Um, that's where my thing's been with DJ the whole time is I just don't think he's got it. He doesn't have number one stuff. He doesn't run number one routes in my opinion. So you, you, it, he's got to step up. That's. Yeah. You, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit last week, you know, just amongst us, but I like the way that McAdoo is using him, starting to put him in the backfield a little bit more. You know, you got to use this guy like a, like how Debo Samuel is, is being used there. You know, Curtis Samuel in, in Washington. I mean, if Scott Turner can figure out how to use uh, a weapon, you know, you got to make the most out of DJ Moore. He's a mismatch. You know, those sets where you put Christian McCaffrey and, and DJ in the backfield, why do you not do that more often? I mean, show different looks, you know, just something different. I mean, McAdoo has it. He's, he's shown it a few times this year. Uh, the, you know, this game, the play calling was not great. We did run more plays on offense than we have thus far this season but still that's not saying in the really anything it's 61 offensive snaps you know first time being in the 60s all year still at the the league low so you know there got to be some improvement there gotta gotta hold the ball time of possession has killed us so far this season and you know the if, if not for Christian McCaffrey having the day that he had and the defense having the day that they had there's no chance this is this is a blowout and I, I don't want to be negative at all. I mean, I'll, I'll eventually want to transition to the defense and talk about some of the bright spots out here. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's just my takeaway on the offensive side of the ball. It was sloppy. Uh, thank God for for Christian uh, being Christian and, and being one of the best running backs in the NFL. And, hey, shout out to the uh, you know, to the offensive line. I mean, they they held their own in run blocking. Um, I'll, eat, I'll eat some crow right here. Uh, <laughs> Pat, Pat Elfine is an actual NFL center. Uh, I'll, I'll, I was waiting for the, the offensive line to come up. I'll eat some crow. He well, is an NFL center. And now it doesn't mean, it still doesn't mean Bradley Bozeman isn't a good NFL center. Cause I think he would be probably just as good, but Elf has yeah. been probably the best offensive lineman on the season so far. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. No, no. I mean, and you that's, look that's back. hard. That's, that's tough for me to say. <laughs> I mean, and we mentioned it last year, you know, when we were going through the season and Corey was talking about Pat Alphon. I mean, you know, when he was his time in New York, he was was he he was all rookie on center or, or all maybe third team all pro. Uh, I mean, he he's a better center than he is a left guard. We talked about that, you know, has no business playing anywhere else. Hey, he put in some work this offseason, got better at his job, more back at his natural position. And hey, it's it's it's, it's paying off. And, you know, uh, I hate that it's coming to you know, Bozeman's expense, but shit, the, the offensive line has thus far held us on pretty good, and especially in the run game. And, and I mean, I talked about this last week is, um, you know, this line is built for the run game more it is than the pass protection, at least at this point in the season. So, but yeah, Pat Alphine, heck of a year so far. Definitely Crow there. Grades out each week consistently as one of the top centers in the league, one of the top centers on, or excuse me, one of the top offensive linemen uh, on the team. So, couldn't be happier there. 
Uh, talk about some bright spots of the, of the defense. We'll switch sides for the ball for a little bit, stop being so negative on the offense, uh, and uh, talk about Frankie Luvu. So Frankie was a guy we talked about needed to see more snaps last year, like the way that Snow used him in those typical NASCAR packages, uh, as some folks call it. But, man, he, he's been on the field for 98% of the snaps last week, 100% of the snaps this past week. Him and Jeremy Chin were the only players to play 100% of the snaps. But he's everywhere. He's active. Uh, came up with the huge uh, strip on Alvin Kamara that set up the Marquise Haynes uh, 40-yard uh, fumble return for a touchdown and really got the fans into the game, got the team going. Uh, just what we needed is the first turnover that we had forced this season. So we have finally broken that streak. But overall, great play by Frankie. Um, like I said, couldn't be more impressed with what he's he's brought to the defense. Uh, just, yeah, uh, he's, he's stood out more than, than Shaq and Damian Wilson. I mean, Shaq's, you know, he had the outbreak last year, but now Frankie looks like he's taking that next step forward. Yeah, uh, Frankie is team MVP up to this point. We, I don't think we win the game. I've, um and I, I think the Saints find a way to pull away if, if it if not for that that strip um, that was returned by Marquise. And God, he's so fast for a, a defensive end. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, he's, he, he, and he's bigger than what I expected. I mean, I was a little bit yeah. closer this week, but um, man, I you know every bit of probably I guess probably six two, which may not be huge for defensive end standards in the NFL, but man, he can move. I mean. Yeah, right. quick. So, so he's fast, but um, Frankie, back to Frankie, uh, just play the, the best player on the defense right now. Um, and I know there was a bright spot, another bright spot of the defense this week that we'll, we'll, that I'll let Matt head on because that's his guy. But um, Frankie is the Frankie's the piece that needed to step up because we knew the linebacker core was going to be uh, kind of a make or break piece going into the season and Shaq is regressed. So Frankie needed to step up and he has. Yeah. Shaq, um, in the first quarter where he dropped that interception where it could have been an interception for sure. And if he would have, would have got that, could have returned it back for a touchdown. But yeah, Shaq, Shaq struggled for sure this year. Frankie's kind of helped even that out a little bit more with his play in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Damian Wilson has kind of been steady there with Corey Loco filling in, uh, as, as he has thus far. Um, Thinking back, I mean, you know, they got to Jameis a few times. We forced three turnovers um, on the day. One of those coming late with the J.C. Horn interception. Uh, Derek Brown, that's another guy I'll talk about real quick. Uh, since week one, he's really become a different player. He's, he's shown those flashes that we wanted to see his rookie year and coming out of Auburn. But, man, he was uh, disrupting there. Made a hell of an interception. Almost had an interception to play before, a one-handed one. Uh, with the uh, the lineman still trying to block him. But uh, a, lot, a lot of good things out of him. Uh, Brian Burns really didn't do too much, but that's because of how things were schemed up. And another guy on the defensive line is Marquand. Marquand, shoo, I'm tongue-tied now. It's Marquand McCall still didn't even get all that out. Uh, undrafted defensive tackle out of Kentucky. Get this guy some more snaps. He looked, he looked good. He looked good. 14 snaps on the day. I'd like to see that number somewhere around 30, but man, he, he brings energy. The, the guy's fighting, obviously, you know, for a roster spot, um, you know, being undrafted and beating out the likes of Davion Nixon, who did play this game and got some snaps, uh, Phil Hoskins, those guys. So, you know, he's trying to earn a Jersey every single week, but he's out there making the most of his opportunity. And, you know, he, he was there, he was making a difference, uh, throwing some guys to the side, you know, getting the hit on the quarterback, um, you know, even on the special teams play, he was out there with uh, Henry Anderson, who got the got credit for the block, but making a difference. And and the guy's playing with energy, and you got to find a way to get him on the field more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's he's looked really good out there. Um, two hit on uh, someone who hasn't looked great, and and I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna turn the corner this year and look just really good. Was CJ? CJ's been struggling. Yeah, I know he had Chris Olave going against him, and and Olave had a hell of a day. Uh, 160 yards receiving, 170, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, and I know that a lot of that came with Michael Thomas getting dinged up and uh, Jarvis Landry leaving the game as well. But uh, Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway still did some things. But yeah, I mean, he's one on one coverage. Chris Chris Olave is a speedster. Uh, he's 
quickly becoming one of Jameis's favorite deep threats. I know last week against Tampa Bay, he had, I think, almost 300 unrealized air yards. So they're taking shots at him downfield, just hadn't been able to convert. So you knew the explosion was coming here at some point, and unfortunately it happened uh, today. But didn't give up any long touchdowns. Uh, You know, C.J. didn't look the best. Uh, Probably just need to turn his head around on a couple of those. Tough, tough assignment. I get it. But, you know, he's going to have to step up here, especially with Dante still being dinged up with hamstring and then leaving this game for a little bit. I believe it was a head or neck injury. Uh, but the other guy you want to talk about, I mean, JC, uh, he caught a lot of shit last week for really no reason at all. People have really been just focusing on the, the penalties, which is a part of the game. You know, and JC's not coming out of college was that maybe he was a too, too physical, too handsy. We talked about that on previous episodes. But, you know, you got to be physical at, at this point. Um, well, really in the NFL, and he hasn't gotten beat. He hasn't had any blown coverages. Uh, I mean, the guy's consistently grading in the mid 80s on PFF each week with his with his grades. I think he met maybe had three, maybe gave up three catches this week. I don't know if he's allowed more than forty yards receiving since he's been in the NFL. He graded out second highest of all corners in the NFL this week at ninety two point one. Have at it. So, yeah, all the all the crap he was talking about last week where I saw several people calling him average or a bust, just watch the games. I, I, this, this guy just finished up his uh, fifth complete game in the NFL. And, yep. you know, and he and he was asked to play three different positions on Sunday. That's what makes it. That's what makes it more impressive for me. Uh, the, 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 his ability to move across the field and not like shadow not just not only just like shadow someone but roll down roll down and play inside play up top play outside like all over the field and he looked good doing it that, that's, that's the look, impressive part that's it, that's a superstar that's what superstars doing, do he's doing everything that's asked of a of a number one, number one corner in this league and not just number one but an elite corner in this league you know with the with the receivers that the NFC South has this is the guy that you need uh, in this division and, I mean, you know, Michael Thomas got his few slot, you know, slot uh, catches, which is about the only route that he can run. Slant God. Yep. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. What did I say slot? One of them days. Anyways, yeah, Michael Thomas, slant God. But J.C. still impressive as hell as always. And Phil Snow doing some things differently this game, like we talked about, bringing pressure. And who did he have at the line of scrimmage? A lot of pressure. But the, the what kills me, and I, and I hinted at this a little bit ago, it was a very important third down and, and they, they ended up getting it. And I can't remember the play or the down distance, whatever. I can't remember the exact, but Brian Burns dropped back into coverage mm-hmm. on an important third down. And I'm just sitting here thinking, what the hell are you doing? And you said, and another one, you send Jace, you don't send your best corner on that blitz there. They sent JC and they converted two, I believe on, on one. Um, I think JC got sent more than once, if I remember correctly. But he did. He had a couple pass deflections uh, yeah. that came up big. He actually deflected the one that led to the Derrick Brown uh, pick. Yeah, but point being, I, I don't. I still don't like sending JC deflection or not. Um, but I don't. I don't get dropping back burns on third down ever. I, I just don't understand it. Just it's taken away from what he does the best, which is get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you look at his stats this week. I mean, it's basically just not in the box score at all. And it was much of the same last week. He dropped into coverage, I think, 33 times last week against the Giants. And he was getting pressure pretty much whenever he wanted to against Daniel Jones. And I think he was going against Evan Neal last week. So. His only box score line item is one QB hit. No tackles. No assist, assisted tackles. Much, yeah, leaving a lot to be desired there. And and YGM, I mean, Etor Gross Matos is um, not taking advantage of the opportunity that he's being being given. I think if anybody has, it's been Marquise Haynes. But you can't obviously start him and get him. He's not an every down defensive lineman. Yeah, the, the when, when I was going to bring up Etor and I was Etor Gross Matos is what they were calling him on the broadcast. <laughs> It's <laughs> gross matos. I was if I just he, laughed every time I heard it. Fox will hire anybody these days. 
yeah, I mean, you got to see more out of YGM. Uh, that pen- see- the penalty was the penalty was awful. That that yeah. was just blatant and obvious, and they're going to call that a hundred times out of a hundred. I don't care who the quarterback is. It could be a backup quarterback. Like a lot, some quarterbacks get a couple extra calls here and there. That that's one that's that's getting called on every quarterback. Do you know who they wouldn't call that on? Okay, Cam Newton, but yeah, he doesn't get anything. <laughs> he hasn't been in the league long enough. If Ed Hockey Lee still reffing. Uh the the main thing about the defense I did want to talk about real quick is that Phil Snow utilized Jeremy Chen how he should be used. More of his natural position. Like I said, he he said he schemed up more blitz packages. That was their plan. Um, and, and, you know, getting that score and getting the lead early allowed them to do that. But Jeremy Chen playing within five yards of the line of scrimmage puts him in the best possible position to succeed and make a difference in the game. And you saw that this week. I mean, what he did. I mean, he was everywhere. And that's what's been missing from this defense for, shoot, the last – you could even date back for the, for the last full year. So I think, it, I think think that that was the biggest takeaway on the defensive side, at least for me. Yeah, and I mean, Snow Snow struggled. I thought that was the bit one of the biggest struggles of the first two games. Snow struggled struggled to scheme and and stop the run. Um, I think it improved greatly the scheme this week. Uh, I think it was the best the defenses looked all year. And we we coming into the year, we thought this was going to be a pretty good defense. So. Um, it looked legit this week. I know the Saints aren't going to be – the Saints are a borderline playoff team when fully healthy. Um, so it's not like we we went out and whooped up the Bucks. If that happens, then then we can have a different conversation. But by all accounts, this list, this is a pretty – this is going to be a stout defense and, and can keep us in most games if the offense can figure it out. Uh, I'm, I'm still not – I'm still a little pessimistic. Uh, it's going to take a little bit more than one one Saints win on a um, essentially the win comes on a pick six. It's going to take a little more than that for me. But uh, here we are. I'll say this: I, you know, when uh, we were up thirteen seven, the Saints went down and scored and got uh, made it thirteen seven. We got the ball back. You know, Lavisca had the big return coming out of the end zone, getting it out to I want to say the thirty five, close to the forty, and then. Uh, two plays later, takes it 67 yards to the house. Being able to answer the Saints after that score is something that we have not done as a team under Matt Rule. We haven't been able to answer when we've been, you know, pushed back. And for the first time under Matt Rule, it happened. And, you know, you kind of got that feeling when the Saints scored and it's going in the fourth quarter and like 13-7. It's like, man, are we going to really lose 14-13? Is that going to happen? And, and, and hey, it, it – it didn't work out. At least he went for it on, you know, fourth and three earlier in the game. Didn't like the play call. Uh, horrible decision to force it into double coverage by Baker at the time. You know, he was in field goal range. But maybe he's starting to feel a little bit of the pressure like Ron did there for a while and starting to change the way that he coaches. I mean, that's that's really the only thing I could, I could think of. But talk about LaVisca for a minute. Guy got 11 snaps this week after being on the practice squad, after being acquired from Jacksonville. Matt Rules and Ben McAdoo said they wanted to get more receivers involved. Rashard Higgins got some playing time. I think he got six snaps. Uh, but LaVisca's a guy that's, that doesn't need to stretch the field. You can't play him on the outside, really. That's just not his game. You got to get him the ball in space and let him him be a playmaker. And that's what they did. They schemed up something close to the line of scrimmage, but got the ball to him, made the initial guy miss, made another move on Tyron Matthew, and he's to the house 67 yards later. Uh, the other catch later in the game, the silly game, was a third and I want to say 13, and he takes it 23 yards uh, on his two catches. So made the most of his opportunities. He ended up leading the, the Panthers and receiving on the day for uh, two catches for 90 yards. And he's now the second leading receiver on the season. Correct me if I'm wrong, which is he, he, he is he is behind Robbie. Robbie has the three games and a 75 yard bomb to to help edge him out. But, but yeah, he is the third leading third leading receiver. Um, our third leading receiver of the game was one Giovanni Rishi. Um, so that that tells you how how the receivers play. Um, <laughs> hey, I like Richie's Richie's play there. He, he schemed up nice. He had a nice like 15, 20 yard catch. Hey, yeah, I'll be fine with that. So, um, I mean, 
our our tight ends, if you include him as one, put up uh, 35 yards on the game. Oh. That is what it is. Shy, second leading receiver on the game, two for 22. He's going to – I don't want to interrupt you, but this sucks because I know we both had the same guy, but CD just dropped a 50-yard touchdown. Oh, nice, nice. I, oh, I, yeah. I needed a Monday night miracle um, because I decided that the, I was done with Devin Singletary this week, and you, you all know how that one turned out. As soon as, I, as, soon as you sit – when you're starting running backs, they're going to score two touchdowns, and he did. <laughs> they got to get some new uh, some new tablets there in, uh, in Buffalo. That was absurd. A normal human being doesn't act like that. That said, I still want him to be our next head coach. <laughs> don't don't we all? Uh, yeah, didn't mean to get you off track. Didn't mean to go there. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but but fantasy football here on a Monday night while the, the why Cooper the Cooper Rush led Cowboys. Try to beat the people are asking, is he better than Dak? I mean, I don't know. Hey, GM Jerry sure sure wants to see a competition, that's for sure. I mean, the the Cowboys fans gotta be loving Cooper Rush coming in and being and and winning them games. That just that screams Dallas. It's America's team. F one I mean, Dallas has got F one fifty people. I know that. They got some F one fifty Twitter guys down there. So saw two Cowboys jerseys in front of me at the game on Sunday. Corey would have been proud. I said I did, didn't know we were playing Dallas today. That's a, that's a line he's used for years. So I know he'll get a chuckle out of that when he listens to this. Uh, yeah, Corey will be back with us here in a couple of weeks. He's finishing up his, his volunteer duty. <laughs> I, I'm joking about that. Corey uh, is coaching football right now, so he's uh, got a busy schedule. So he'll, he'll be back joining us here in a couple of weeks. But to kind of wrap up some of my thoughts on this game, and then we can look ahead a little bit. Um, I this does not change much my. I'm I'm celebrating the win. I'm happy for a win. It does not change much my outlook for the team, the season, the coach, really much of anything. Except I enjoy beating the Saints anytime you can. Um, uh, It's a good defense with an offense that has some pieces to be good, but I don't think they're ever going to put it together. I just, um, and I I think they're going to be just good enough to kind of, kind of like they have been in the last two years, just good enough to not be in a spot to be there for one of the elite quarterbacks. And nobody's, they're not going to be able to really, they're not going to want to, they're not going to be able to attract really the big name free agents. I don't think, I mean, I don't think I don't see Lamar Jackson signing here. I just, I just don't. Um, Lamar's so going to be franchised regardless. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure he plays on that, but point, point being, mm-hmm. I don't think any of the big, any big name like that. And I don't, I haven't even looked at what the, the 2023 20, free agent class looks like for quarterbacks because, um, I, I, I'm pretty dead set on just being bad and drafting one, but a two and two start could change my outlook. If we go out and beat a scuffling Cardinals team. Uh, I mean, but then you welcome a good San Fran team. So, and then a good Rams team and then a good Bucks team. Yeah, I get it that, you know, the schedule's only going to get tougher from here on out. I've been more optimistic on Baker than a lot of people in the fan base has. You know, the way I look at it is, is still trying to learn the offense, still trying to build chemistry with his receivers, hasn't lost as any games, is not making the turnovers that Sam did. So those are all plus, you know, he's, he's not losing his games, but he's not necessarily winning his games yet. But Baker feels like he's due for like a 300-yard game here soon, right? I mean, I don't know that they'll scheme up anything to let it get there. I really don't. And I mean, to your point, I don't think Sam would do any better than this. I, I think Sam does the job that Sam is a guy that will lose you games, but he may make a few throws that can win you a game, but he'll lose you more than he'll win. Um, yeah, by with, no, no chance. Do I think that Sam, Sam Darnold is, we would be a better team with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Not at all. But I don't, I don't know that Bake the scheme. I don't know that Baker trusts himself right now. The, I know that's hard to believe with how, all the swagger that he used to play with, and I'm not sure what he needs to do to get that back. And I'm not sure the scheme is really going to be one that allows him to open to to just try and go for 350 one day and get that swagger back. So I, I just I don't know. 
if the offense can click, this could be a team that fights for a wild card spot. And I know that that's as pessimistic as I have been. That's hard. That's probably you guys are probably like, what are you talking about? But I mean, they've got LaVisca. If he keeps looking like that, they've got the best running back in the league. And you can argue with a wall if you don't think he is. Um, They've got, I mean, Robbie has clearly been better than last year while still not, I still don't think he's great. He's better than last year. And DJ, DJ can step up. They've got the pieces for it to be a good enough offense with this defense. And the offense just has to get it together. That's the one thing that's holding this team back at the moment. And I mean, we haven't talked about it yet. The special teams. Johnny. The special teams is much. I mean, people don't realize what having a good punter does for you. They they really do not. Because we've had an ass punter for years. We got a guy who couldn't even kick it, you know, on the field, really. I mean, he. You know, is it, is selling it, is shanking it, is is kicking it out on the try on the street uh, during practices. Uh, I mean, you know, a net average of forty yards. I mean, and then Johnny Hecker comes in, and the guy's nailing them down at the one yard line. He's inside the the fifteen consistently. You know, this is the best punter in the league. You know, if we're being honest, and you go out and you 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 make an effort to improve your special teams. But Chris Tabor has done a hell of a job with these guys. I mean, when's the last time? before yesterday that we've had a, a blocked field goal. I mean, it seems like it's been years. It's, I'm sure it happened in 2015 because that season had a little bit of everything, but I don't, I don't remember one off the top of my head. We, we used to never have anybody who could return it. And now that Matt rule made the decision to pull Chuba from back there and put LaVisca, you know, he's shown what he could do back there. Speaking um, of why the hell is he still on the team? Chuba. Yeah, he's so bad. Uh, you know, you're not a pass-catching running back. I'm sure, you know, he he did some decent things in the run game this week. I think three carries for 23 yards. Sure. One, you four, gotta, four, 14 or 15 on one of them. I mean, he broke yeah. one. Sure, cool. You, you got to hold your breath, though, every single time that he gets hit. Like, don't fumble the ball. Have ball secured. Uh, and, you know, you're playing with fire. I mean, I don't think Dante Foreman even got a carry this week, but did get some snaps. Sure, sure didn't. Yeah, I mean, Foreman would be the number two in my opinion, but I mean, again, I'm not coaching this game and my wife didn't make a draft pick. So uh, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my negativity, but yeah, you touched on it. Special teams have been improving. Uh, kudos to uh, Chris Tabor for getting that right. Uh, heck of a difference uh, a year makes that's for sure. And Johnny Hecker earning his money for sure. Celebrating that last uh, punt that pinned him down to the one that led to the uh, JC interception of silly game. Awesome. Uh, couldn't be more happy with how special teams are right now. I'll say that. Uh, yes. Looking ahead to um, to Arizona or anything else you want to add to uh, to recap the Saints game? No, I was just going to say I'm currently Googling when, when the next Call of Duty double XP weekend is. Be or, just let me finish that real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody talks about Baker playing video games, but Kyler's the, the guy that's in the news with it. And, uh, you know, uh, was it Modern Warfare 2 beta this past weekend? I know he had that's a what, That's there. what a viral tweet said, that, that, that said to give him a break, that the beta for Modern Warfare 2 dropped this weekend, so he had to test it out. Shoot, Marquise Brown's becoming his, his favorite target there. 17 targets. Not that he's got anybody else to throw the ball to. I mean, he's got former Panther Greg Dortch, who has found a role in the slot there. So, uh, basically, Marquise Haynes – or, excuse me, Marquise Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz are the two guys because James Conner can get hurt at any moment. So, a court. Wes, I think your mic's muted. <laughs> Shit, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> a little technical um, difficulty, that's all. What did you last year? Uh, I think you were looking up uh, – I don't know what you were looking up, really. (laughs) Well, according to this uh, blog here called earlygame.com, this weekend coming up is double weapon XP and double battle pass XP. So I'm not sure if he's trying to level up the camos on his weapons or the whatever the hell a battle pass is. So – if he's trying to do any of that, then maybe we got we got a chance. 
pretty much the only thing that we got to do is make sure he packs his Xbox with him to Charlotte on the flight. Long, you know, cr- cross-country flight, so you know he's going to be playing that on the plane. And uh, You know he doesn't go anywhere without it. He packs it 100% everywhere he goes. You, you think he's like you – know, they got a timer on his laptop, see if he's watching film, and he's just playing in his Xbox. They took the claws out, so I, I, I'm yeah. guessing it's they can't time him anymore. He used to try to have a have a plan figured out for that. Had to. Oh gosh, that. But it, I, I saw a, a, another thing that went viral viral about him, and and it the, it was him running around like four or five different times back and forth across the field, and said someone said that Kyler Murray looks like a toddler who stole their phone from their stole their parents' phone and is now running around trying to keep play keep away, and and ever since I saw that, like I can't stop thinking about that's exactly what he looks like. It's pretty spot on though, because I you'll be watching the game. It's like that's what like a normal high school athlete. Just say a high school athlete with with elite talent. You know, five foot ten quarterback out there who can run a four three forty. Just moving. It's crazy to see. You know, just how and, fast he really is. And he'll. I mean, he'll go like you. You hit on it. A high school quarterback that is a better athlete than he is a quarterback that will just run across the field back and forth, back and forth with fat defensive linemen chasing him back and forth mm-hmm. that can't catch him until he sees somebody get open or until he sees a running lane. That's, that's when he makes good plays. Well, that's why he doesn't have to watch film. He's a, he's a read and react guy to hear him say it. Yeah. That, that's right. not so, that, that the athletes in the NFL are too good to be able to, we've things have gone off the rails here. Fellas. No, no, no. That, you're right though. But the NFL, there's too, too good of athletes in the NFL to rely on your, just your physical athletic ability. You have to actually know the game. Anyways. Going into the game, Marquise Haynes and Frankie Louvu, I think, are going to be two guys that are going to play a part in containing Kyler Murray uh, and scheming up, um, you know, defensively some things that are going to work well. You can rely on single coverage with uh, them not having DeAndre Hopkins, not having a Rondell Moore, who I think is also going to miss next next week's game. I haven't seen it announced yet. Uh, James Conner, like I said, could get banged up and be out of the game at any point in time with his injury history. But I think you'll see a lot of spies. Hell, you're probably going to see a little more of Brian Burns dropping into coverage or, or spying. But I would look for more Marquise Haynes, Frankie Louvu, Brian Burns, um, and maybe even depending on how they use JC. I don't know how much they're going to blitz him because then you're opening up yourself for him to beat you with the legs. And I don't think with the weapons that he doesn't have playing right now that he can beat you with the arm with just having Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, and Greg Dorch. Yeah, I just this defense is successful when they put pressure. So I don't, I don't know. The secondary is good, not great outside of um, JC. So I just don't know. Even with the talent missing, I just don't, I don't know because what's what we saw what's what this team is when this defense is most successful is pressure. They blitzed on forty eight percent of their snaps this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know it should it, it should vary game to game based on, on on the offense you're going against but i just i don't i don't know if if you can afford to not blitz him and get him out of the pocket he threw for 50 he threw 58 times this past week against the rams for 12 and they had they scored 12 points as a team I think you've got to make him get out of the pocket. Uh, I know I just talked about that's how that's when he makes his big plays, but I just don't. I don't see this defense being successful playing like we did in the first two games against this against the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, I think it's not like they're going to run it down our throats like the Browns, and it's not like they're a better offense than 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 the Giants, in my opinion, overall. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to have a, a better player than the Giants have. But, uh, I mean, the Rams held him to two rush attempts for eight yards. Like I said, Kyler was 37 or 58 for 314 yards, and they mustered up all 12 points. I think you just you, – you make him beat you with his arm. You don't let him scramble. James Conner's not going to – he's not a guy who's going to go out and run for 80 to 100 yards. It's not going to happen. He's – when you get in the red zone, sure, I would start to worry about him there. But I, I expect – Arizona to, to come out and throw the ball heavy this game. And I think that's probably how Phil Snow is going to scheme it up. But 
know, he did the same thing for Jameis, but this is where he can get creative and, and do what he does best and show those different looks to give quarterback quarterbacks fits. And Kyler's somebody who, as we know, doesn't watch film. So maybe a chance to get him, catch him off guard and confuse him a little bit. Who would you spy with? Burns or Shaq or? Honestly, I don't know. Because, I mean, I didn't think about Shaq because Shaq's just not – I mean, he's coming off of injuries, and you don't know if those have finally caught up to him. That's why he's, he's looked like he, he misses a step so far this year. You know, you're not going to have Haynes in there enough snaps to do that consistently. You know, so that leaves somebody like a, like Frankie or, or Burns. But doing that with Burns takes away your pass rush. He is the only guy right now that's consistently getting pressure off the edge. I can't think of anyone else besides the three we've, we've named, though, that would be successful at it. And you can't – I mean, if you're playing Jeremy Chin not on the line of scrimmage, not within five yards, you, you're not going to – you can't spy. Not not there, not from a safety. So, I mean, Frankie's probably the guy that I, w- I would guess. <sighs> Why? But, hey. mm, I just – I don't – the more I think about the matchup, the more I hate it and just not Frankie spying. Just, I was, opt- I was optimistic. We would get to two and two. And uh, the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm just like, they're, it, they're I, gonna... I, I am. I'll, I'll say this for a reason. Well, I'll, I'll give a reason that probably doesn't even matter, but no Deandre Hopkins. He's missing Rondo Moore. Greg Dorch was waived off of our team. Yeah. He's, He's built some chemistry there with Kyler. Hollywood Brown has drop issues um, dating back to Lamar in, in Baltimore. Zach Ertz, at this part of his career, he doesn't scare me. I, I can't tell you the last time that a tight end has carved us up uh, and, and gone for, you know, 70, 80 yards. Uh, Arizona fans don't travel well. In the last two games here that I remember, there's been only a handful. There wasn't that many New Orleans fans this past week. I expect to probably see – even less Cardinals fans here. They're one and two. You know, they're keeping their head above water until uh, Nuke comes back in week seven, since he has a six-game suspension for PEDs. Just don't see it unless Kyler breaks a few and beats us with his legs. And at that point, it goes back to coaching. But uh, I think from, you know, a game plan perspective, I, I just don't think the Cardinals can beat us. And, and, you know, I could be wrong. It could blow up in my face. I mean, we, hell, we lost to the Giants. But, you know, at this point, you're scheming for it. There's not going to be any surprise. And we did a, a much better job defending the run this week with uh, against Alvin Kamara, who was a better running back than James Conner. Now, I know he was dinged up, too, and Mark Ingram ended up having the, the, the touchdown, the Russian touchdown that we gave up still. I, I, is it that we have to hold them under 17 points? Cardinals score more than 17, they win. The old Matt Rule stat. Uh, I'll go 24-21 Panthers. We win on a field goal this time instead of losing on one. I'll say 2010. Do I see us coming out here and putting up 30 points? Absolutely not. Can't tell you what 30 points looked like anymore. I, I'm not sure we put – I mean, 24 is a stretch, but I don't – I do also see us having a hard time to holding them under 21 too. So, that's – when I, that's why I started to get less optimistic in my head because the more we talked about stopping Kyler, I'm just like, uh, it's they're going to revert because they were able to scheme successfully Jameis because he has a broken back and isn't very mobile. And, yeah, you pressure 50% of the time and take away everybody but one receiver. Yeah, we I mean, can probably win like that. Um, but let's do it against a, a above-average mobile quarterback. I'm not going to call him good because I think Kyler is extremely overrated. Cardinals scored 21 in the loss to the Chiefs. They scored 29 in an overtime win against the Raiders. That was a comeback win. I think they entered the fourth quarter with only like 15 points, possibly less. I think might have been 14. Uh, and then put up 12 points last week against the Rams. And that's the same Rams defense that gave up how many points to the Buffalo Bills? 
not that that's, you know, we're comparing anything and that really matters because that's uh, one of the best offenses in the National Football League. But still, uh, Cardinals are not going to come out and be a high-powered offense and be able to hang, you know, 27, 30 points on you. That's the one thing here. Then, you know, not to look too far ahead, but with San Francisco, like we talked about, their defense is really damn good. But they're going to be without Trent Williams when they come here. And Jimmy is still trying to get his feet underneath them. I heard today that they didn't even give him a playbook this offseason. You can put the same blueprint you used against Jameis in New Orleans out there against San Fran. Same same blueprint defensively. I, you stop Debo pretty much on that in that game. Well, we'll yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there that next yeah. week before we before we ramble off. Uh, any any closing thoughts on the Saints game or the the Cardinals game before we get out of here? Um, shout out North Davidson's finest shot Tuttle was the second leading tackler for. New Orleans, and I know this is not a, this is a Carolina Panthers podcast, but played played high school football with the guy. Um, I was, I mean, he was a freshman, and I was a senior on varsity, so we weren't in the same realm of of talent clearly. Because I'm I'm on a podcast talking about NFL football, and he's playing NFL football, but uh, we don't, well, yeah, we don't have coaches landing their their helicopters on the football field to come come see the players. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just that's pretty cool to to see yeah. hometown guy come in and, and uh, play really well. Um, so that was cool. And that's Panthers unrelated, but that's the final thing I had on that one. Yeah. Uh, big thing for me is like, this like how Jeremy Chin was used. LaVisca. Welcome. <laughs> Glad you finally could get a Jersey. I know you'll have one uh, this upcoming week. Really just hoping the momentum carries, hoping there's something to build on. Uh, we've been negative for far too long. Uh, I like to celebrate the wins. It feels nice to, to hear Sweet Caroline play in, in Bank of America Stadium again. I, I haven't heard that myself since the Jets game of last year. So it's been well over a year, ironically enough, uh, last home win came against the Saints. So that was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a nice moment. I'll be at the Niners game, so I mean we can get a win this week. Two and two, rolling, rolling into that Niners game. Wes might put his pitchfork away for the week, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw on that blue number one jersey, and I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna yell real loud. I'm gonna do that either way. I'm gonna put the blue number one jersey yeah. on either way. But hey, uh, it's, a, it's a four o'clock game, so plenty of time to tailgate too. So Wes will yeah. be real loud. <laughs> oh goodness all right um and oh the one thing one last thing i forgot to mention as bad as the the receivers have played why the hell can terrace marshall not get some snaps and and, and a healthy scratch at that i i just i will not understand the development of or lack thereof of, of terrace marshall and i'll probably mention him again next week and I'll continue to do so because that's, that's my dude. I, I think he's got all the talent in the world. I, I guess I'll say that maybe Andre Roberts being out is the only thing hurting him right now. Cause you have to keep shy active for punt returns. And I mean, Shy's kind of earned a Jersey at this point. So I, I guess the only other thing you can say is you alternate him and Higgins on who's active, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I'm a Higgins fan. I've mentioned several things about him this preseason, had a good camp. So the Terrace, Terrace supposedly had the best camp out of the receiver group, but that's coach speak, I guess, with rule of the kiss of death. I don't know. Um, the receiver room is a lot more talented and a lot deeper than a lot of people out there um, give them credit for. I'll say that. I've been told it's elite. Not elite. You, you, you don't, you, you know, you don't make trades. If you are having an elite room, you don't make those trades. But hey, just, I, I'm just what I'm I just what I heard. Just what I heard. It's not elite. You, your your <laughs> your your top receiver doesn't have two yards if it's elite. Schemed or not, I don't care. DJ Moore, you got to put up a. You got to you got to start getting hundred yards, but you 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 got to figure it out. Ben McAdoo, you got to figure out how to use these guys because time of possession we're getting killed. The plays we're getting killed. If McCaffrey didn't have the game that he did, this is obviously a different outcome. But, hey, we're hopeful. Carolina Panthers won a football game. The Carolina McCaffreys. Let's go. The CMCs. The fighting <laughs> CMCs. <laughs> All right. 
We're getting the fight. The fight in Olivia Culpo's. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's probably got a photo shoot somewhere this week, so I'm, I'm hoping he can make it to the game on Sunday. I mean, he's in the best. He's he's in the best shape of his life, so I've heard. So, well, if I was married to her, I I would be too. Yeah, not even married. He ain't even put a ring on that. Well, why well, well, I don't know, but well, you're getting paid that much. I guess he doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't want to risk all that. Maybe that's oh, his retirement. Prina, we want Prina. Yeah. It, all right. We have officially gotten off the rails now. Close. <laughs> where's the we just need one like random obscure movie quote or something and then we're there uh, I got one let's get it let's hear so, it I, I put it up this morning but yeah uh, Jeremy Chan I just had that scene from uh, the water boy where uh, Bobby Boucher <laughs> is running after the quarterback after they haven't won a game I've forgotten how many years but the SCLSU mud dogs won the uh when the game broke their losing streak and the announcer says, with the help of Boucher, the losing streak is over. And that's just what I thought as the clock hit zero on Sunday. There you go, folks. That's, that is our parting thoughts for you. Yeah. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? Yeah. J.C. Horn. I mean, not J.C. Horn. Jeremy Chen showed up this week and that's what happened. We won a let's game. Beat, let's beat the, let's beat the birds. 500, can we do it? We'll I, find out I, next week. Maybe. I'm here for more Matt Rule locker room talks. Those are Coming awful. Get me fired up. Tell him, Coach. How many How many more years does he buy himself if he goes two and two? Into that contract. <laughs> 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 because Stafford doesn't want to talk to the media. <laughs> I mean, folks, fifteen and two is still on the table. So I, I mean, so is two and fifteen. But hey, Ron went twelve and four after starting zero and two. I'm just saying, don't don't take that serious. But he had he had a different team. He had number one at quarterback too. Well, Baker's got something number one ain't got. I can't put my finger on it, but I, he does. He just does. He can wear George. <laughs> If he wasn't focusing on them fancy, fancy T-shirts, that would have been the cam thing. That's what that would have been. Uh huh. But he he I, don't care. He don't care about winning. It's all me. Just, Look at his face just, on that T-shirt. That Lamar fella, he's out there running, running the ball, ain't throwing. I wouldn't pay him all that money either. He gonna get hurt. He he don't play the quarterback position the right way. I didn't know there was a right way to play it. <laughs> Now I will say, I will I will say whole other end of the spectrum. There is some of the others. There's some other side of it too, but uh, we won't go there. Yeah, we'll save that for another day. I mean, people already know how we feel on this. Hey, Panthers Twitter, enjoy your basements. Um, David Tepper likes for you to cheer from him, but just go a little easy on him this week, and don't boo on Sunday. Maybe Please a little bit. Boo. Don't boo. Robbie, Robbie doesn't like booing. You're not with us. You can boo Matt Rule. Just don't boo hey, the team. By the way, Matt Rule getting the game ball on Sunday. It's a joke. He found a way to make just one more play for these guys to get that win. Hey, it's okay though. We're wrapping this up. It's victory how Monday. The, how the <laughs> hell does he have that locker room? How? How? I, Players. He, he, he's building a culture. Wes, this is the brand. You're seeing it. You just saw it yesterday, Panther Twitter. That's the brand right there. Freaking. <laughs> I heard freaking. I don't know how many times. It's just it blows my mind. That hat, I do like that hat he wears, though. It's a nice hat. You like the like the FedEx vest he got on. He's got on there too. No, that that looks awful. But that camo, the camo blue, black, gray, white hat. That's a pretty cool hat. I like that. He took it off and he was running up and down the sideline. That's the most I've seen him move since he got hired here. So, at least he's feeling the pressure now a little bit from the fans, even though it's not from from Tep. At least he shows up to press conferences not looking completely disheveled now. Not I wearing, mean, yeah, not not hasn't shaved. Wearing there were times. There's been times where he looked like he hadn't slept in days showing up to a press conference. Well, he cut sugar out. He's healthy now. 
he cares about himself, cares about the football team. Hey, give the guy a chance, you know. New time. Not right. my millions. <laughs> That's it. I'm not paying. I'm just playing <laughs> some football games. We got one. Let's make it two. Hell, let's make a, it. We call that a winning streak. I'll, I, yeah, I guess I guess you take all this, the all the winning you can, and then nine in a row of losing. Matt Rule goes out there and faces his counterpart Sean McVay. They both have the same salary, by the way. I don't know if I've mentioned that before or not. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think you have. That's the showdown out there in, in L.A. The two and oh, – excuse me. It'll be the three and two Carolina Panthers taking on the L.A. Rams at that point. It'll be prime time. Two nine-and-a-half million-dollar making coaches. Just how David Tepper thought it out, man. Hey, we ran it. We rambled. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, two we two and two it. incoming, baby. Let's go. Last, last time we did this – Cam Newton was in a Panthers uniform, and he was back. He was telling the world that he was back. And then that was that. Actually, the, the highest scoring points that, that we've had in the game, too, was that game. I think 40-something. Oh, well, F-150 Twitter did not like that. P.J. No, Walker man. and Cam Newton, they got a double dose. That's it. Leave me with that, Jim. Keep pounding. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>